The following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode number 58, flying the Ford Trimotor, landing on roads, and more coming up now on this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now, here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Rick Felty, Carl Valeri, and Len Costa. Hello and welcome back to this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm your host, Len Costa. Joining me on the show today are my favorite group of aviation trainees. Starting first with our trainee all the way from... I never know where to announce where you are anymore, Carl. You're going to have to give me a heads up. Carl Valeri, welcome to the show. Where are you? How are you? Well, I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Actually, I finally get to see the sunshine. And you would think that I'm not in a sunny place like Florida. That's exactly where I am. We haven't had any sun for like three days. It's a, It's been incredible. As a matter of fact, all the roads have been flooded. So I'm, I'm just glad to be here. I'm, I'm on high ground. My feet are dry <laughs> and I'm happy. You haven't floated away. No, not yet. But there's not much flying going on, that's for sure, around here mm. in, the, in the sunshine state. But yes, I'm still in Florida. I haven't left. I've been here for two weeks. Look at you. I two know, weeks. Do I ever work? Yeah. yeah. I shoot, I don't. I'm on two weeks vacation myself, but that's nice. another story for another time. Our uh, next aviation trainee, all the way from uh, her studio there in what am I, my knees hitting stuff for? From her studio all the way down in Frederick, Maryland. How are you, uh, Victoria Zyko? Welcome. Ah, uh, thank you. I'm very comfortable. I'm in my pajamas, and I have a cat trying to get on my lap to the right, and a dog eating puppy ice cream to my left. And isn't there a husband eavesdropping somewhere too? Yes, husband is eavesdropping behind me using <laughs> a massage chair. <laughs> Enjoying himself. York ice cream. He did get ice cream for himself, see? Ice cream yeah. for the husband, ice cream for the dog. Maybe we should switch spots and he can podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'll the massage chair eating ice cream. Eating ice cream, yeah, that does sound that does sound comfortable. Well, welcome. Glad to have you. And our uh, next aviation trainee all the way from his studio outside Boston, Massachusetts, Mr. Rick Felty. How, how are you today? I'm doing great. Hello, hello. Great to be here. I'm, I do not have ice cream. Neither do I. No, it's, I'm now. I think we should stop right now. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm back. And we're back from our ice cream break. Yum. <laughs> Especially that puppy ice cream. Yeah, that is that's good stuff. That is yeah. tasty. Uh, it's been a long time since I've eaten anything that was uh, produced for dogs, but I do or, like or for people, right? You, Never you, try that. That's true. You pretty much stopped eating it altogether. That, the, the yeah, last last night was the first time I'd eaten uh, a meal in nine days, and it was uh, it was exciting. I'll tell you that much. I don't want to describe it uh, too elaborately, <laughs> but it was exciting. I bet. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, moving moving on, uh, our co-host uh, Sean Moody won't be joining us today. He's uh, tried to call in from somewhere in an English phone booth in in England, but uh, we 
we couldn't for some reason couldn't make the connection, so he he won't be joining us today. But uh, once again, I'm your host Len Costa, joining you from just outside of uh, Chicago, Illinois, here at uh, at the temporary uh, podcast studio. And we've got a fun show today. Some uh, some cool topics to talk about. Some airplane rides. Uh, landing on roads and uh, other stuff. But before we get started, uh, we'll start with our announcements today. Carl, tell us about your announcements. Uh, I got a couple of announcements, actually three of them today, so uh, bear with me. Uh, the first one is is a really cool air show, one of my favorite air shows. And uh, I used to live in Houston when I used to work for Continental Express years and years ago. And this is one called Wings Over Houston Air Show at Ellington Airport, October 26th through the 27th. And uh, they have that uh, every year. And it's got some really, really cool performers. Uh, it's got Michael Gullion. It's got um, Matt Yonkin. It's got, uh, oh, and it's got the, you know, the Disney's planes. And I, I don't know if you knew this, but actually somebody took one of their air tractors, and uh, it was one of these Texas-based aerial applicators. Uh, he actually painted his to look like the plane in the movie Planes. Which plane is it? Dusty. That's right, Dusty. Wow. Dusty, Dusty Crop Hopper. That's the one. Dusty Crop Hopper. Dusty Crop Hopper. <laughs> it's, that was a really good movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Was I haven't it? seen you it. You have to. You I heard it. it. I did. I heard it was good. I don't we watch. We were the a lot oldest of... people in there without children. Well, I was going to say, but it was worth it. I don't usually watch cartoons, but that one I would definitely go. There's going to be a second one too. So. Well, then I better catch up. Yeah, get on it. Planes and planes too, but yes, yeah, so Dusty's. Uh, Dusty was pretty cool. I got to see a video of it, and it uh, looks just like the one in the movie. Although I didn't get to see the whole movie yet, but uh, but anyway, getting back to the Wings Over Houston, it's uh, it's actually a really cool show. They have uh, a MiG seventeen is going to be uh, flying out of there. Also, there's an there's an air museum right on the field. So if you get a chance, go check that out. And they have like a like a World War II demo. You know how you see the old bombers come down and then they open up and drop bombs. It's going to be lots of, of really neat fireworks and stuff. And the other really cool thing that they're going to have there because it's they have a you know it's the 60th anniversary of the Korean War. They're going to have Fifi, and they're going to have like the MiGs. They're going to have uh, uh, what's that other one? The uh, they're going to have a couple other uh, propeller driven aircraft and a few jets that'll be there too. So that, that'll be neat to see. And uh, the others, let's see, there's just a whole bunch of airplanes. And I think the Lone Star Flight Museum, which is a cool museum just south of there, is going to be bringing by an aircraft that day, and uh, they're going to have it flying by. The museum that's on the field, though, in Ellington, I do want to point that out, is the uh, Texas Flying Legends Museum, and it has one of my favorite airplanes there, the B-25. It's really cool stuff. So there's going to be stuff for everybody. There's going to be things to do for uh, the kids. There's going to be autographs, airplane rides, and all sorts of fun stuff that you can ha- that can be had at any air show. But the, the Wings Over Houston, because it's Texas, it's going to be a bigger show than most. Because everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> Moving on to the, the uh, next... <laughs> <laughs> the the next announcement but wings over houston that's right i got to give you a website here it's uh, wingsoverhouston.com very original and october 26th through the 27th 2013 if you get a chance flying to houston hobby houston uh, intercontinental uh, or take your your own airplane in there but uh, a lot of fun down there so moving on to the next announcement i have i uh, actually was just put out on september 25th I uh, was asked to be on the Airplane Geeks podcast, another podcast about uh, aviation. There, it's more of a podcast about uh, 
airplanes, aircraft from around the world, uh, commercial aviation and and uh, history segments, et cetera. It's, it's a really neat and fun podcast. It's not so much general. As a matter of fact, there's very little general aviation going on in that podcast, but, it, but it's still fascinating. Of course, uh, with my Aviation Careers podcast, I was asked to come over and talk a little bit about furloughs and, and the new hiring that's coming here and, and that type of thing. But I also got a chance to talk a little bit about Stuckbike and, uh, and actually what uh, Victoria is doing there with uh, the Institute for Women of Aviation Worldwide. And that's some pretty cool stuff there. So if you get a chance to look at airplanegeekspodcast.com, episode 267, they have uh, some really cool segments in there. The third announcement I have is about Polk State College. And you know here in Florida, there's uh, – and in Polk County, uh, they're, they're really moving forward as far as education and the world of aviation. And the one college that's really doing a great job is Polk State College. Polk State College actually just recently in September uh, was actually granted the ability to uh, issue a Bachelor of Science in the Aerospace Sciences. Now, this degree isn't being offered right now. They're going about hiring everybody for this, but they are going to be the first state school in Florida, and that's, that's something, first state school in Florida to offer an aerospace education program, an actual bachelor's, not not an associate's, but a bachelor's degree. Remember, a bachelor's degree, if you're interested in a career, is a very important thing to have. So they're going to be the first in Florida. Amazingly enough, with all these other uh, flight schools and aviation colleges around here, uh, they're the first state school. Now, the, the implications there are the fact that state schools are going to be a lot cheaper, or they are a lot cheaper. So people can uh, go and get their four-year degree, and it'll be affordable, too. And let's see, the other thing that they're going to be doing is, um, I think they made, yes, they made this announcement. They're moving actually their flight department over to Lakeland Linder Airport, which is where Sudden Fun is. So lots of lots of neat stuff happening there. And Eric Crump, the person that runs that program, super neat guy. He, uh, he's he got a, a lot of things going on. He's he's doing uh, the rewrite for the profe- uh, the uh, standards for the, uh, let's see, I think the commercial pilot certificate. And uh, he's on, on the board of that, and they just went up to D.C. recently. But uh, Polk State College is uh, and it's at uh, polk.edu, and we'll have some links to the website. So those, those are the three announcements, uh, Wings Over Houston Air Show, the uh, Airplane Geeks podcast at 267, and the Polk State College. And uh, those are some neat things. We'll have links to those. Uh, so that's, that's about all the news I have so far. I think you've got some other things, don't you? Uh, yeah, just a couple of things. In the last episode, we talked about how we were migrating from our enhanced feed and updating all the files after Apple stopped supporting the enhanced shows. As a reminder, the enhanced shows contained uh, links and images, and it was an interactive podcast. And uh, with the with the recent changes at Apple, and they're no longer supporting that. In the last episode, I mentioned that we had updated all of our files. Now that all the files are updated, the MP3 feed has actually been uh, removed from the iTunes store. All of the uh, links and everything are updated. You should be redirected if you are using the old MP3 feed. Uh, please do let us know if you're experiencing any difficulties or any interruptions with your audio. But as far as I'm understanding, and the way I've got it set up, uh, is that it should just be completely seamless to you. So like I said, please do let us know if you're encountering a problem. Uh, again, in the last episode, I mentioned uh, that we had offered a new way to follow along at what's going on at Stuck Mike Avcast 
on the website. We now uh, we now can take email subscriptions, and you can sign up at stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash updates. Simply put in your email address, hit the submit button, and you'll be automatically signed up to receive all of our blog updates, audios, and uh, everything that happens over at the website. So check that out. We've also recently updated the mobile app. Uh, we, we were able to reintegrate the videos tabs in there. So all of the videos from our YouTube page on Stuck Mike Avcast and previously on the Pilot Report are now once again integrated into the app. The app is um, available for the iOS uh, platform and the Android platform. You can uh, check that out. It's uh, over at the website, just visit the, the website and click on the free mobile apps or search for Stuck Mike Avcast in your respective app store. And Len, when if you already have the app, can you, you just uh, you go ahead and you download the new the new version, right? That's correct. Just download the new version. And if for some reason you don't see the videos tab or it wasn't not working, uh, delete the app and reinstall it. I that I don't know if I didn't. I was impatient today when I was doing the update, but uh, for some reason I deleted it, and then when I reinstalled it, it was working. But um, I might have had a test version from uh, from when I was doing some some tweaking. So shouldn't be it shouldn't be the case on your end, but uh, maybe uh, that's just a little little bit of information there in case you you find that to be an issue. Uh, and. Let's see. Two more it is. Two more. The Stuck Mike Avcast website got a very minor facelift, what we're calling a chin tuck uh, over the last week. Uh, Update to the theme. It works a little bit smoother. Change some fonts. Change some other things. Uh, Kind of a, you know, it's it's an improved user experience. I've already had some wonderful comments uh, from a, a lot of the listeners out there, and I do appreciate that. So, that's uh, that's something new. And the final thing is, uh, the most recently, there's a new Where's Baldo, September two, uh, 2013 edition now up on the website. Check that out. Now, before we do continue on to talking about flying the Ford Tri-Motor and landing airplanes on roads, I do want to give a quick shout out to our two sponsors. First, Aviation Universe, which is Chicago's Aviation Emporium, the premier aviation and pilot shop offering pilot and crew gear, die-cast models, aviation books, magazines, collectibles, and a whole lot more. You can visit them at stuckmygavcast.com forward slash aviation universe. And our other sponsor, Four Pilots Only, uh, they produce what um, they produce a iPad kneeboard, the iPro Aviator, and uh, iPro Navigator. These are a flying kneeboard for your iPad. For uh, as far as I'm, as I remember, Rick, um, which which iPad do you have that you're using yours in? Mine is the larger size, the, the original one, but it's the third generation. Third generation, okay. Yeah. So they do. I know that they have one for the original generation and now yeah. also for the iPad mini. Uh, and, yeah. you know, one thing that's really cool about For Pilots Only is their, uh, their guarantee. They guarantee this product forever. If you break it in any way, they'll replace it forever. Very cool. Like one of the greatest product guarantees in aviation. Check them out. Uh, it is stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash four pilots only. So recently, Victoria, actually, I guess it was Turbo the Flying Dog, got a chance to fly in a Ford Tri Motor and he uh, allowed Victoria to tag along and she was going to share that story with us today. <laughs> yeah, Turbo got lucky. This dog, he was like dumped at four weeks old at some shelter and he doesn't know how good he has it. 
he um, probably doesn't remember that life. So anyway, um, last week I had to, the chance to fly in a piece of history. It's kind of funny. Um, a few years back, I didn't think this type of airplane was still flying. I remember being at the Henry Ford Museum, that's in Dearborn, Michigan, and seeing this cool, shiny, three-radial engine trimotor. I mean, these planes were built in the 1920s, so I was like, these can't really just fly still, can they? They're in a museum. Uh, 199 Ford trimotors were manufactured between 1925 and 1933. They immediately became a popular purchase for airlines flying from coast to coast. Only about a dozen uh, are actually still flying today. The one we got a chance to fly on was the Kalamazoo uh, Air Zoo's 1929 Ford trimotor. It was making its rounds uh, around the U.S., and last week it stopped at Frederick. So you just sign up to fly at flytheford.org. Tickets are $70 each and $75 for a walk-up. Ow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I seriously have a hedgehog quill stuck in between my pajama pants, and I rubbed up against it. I apologize. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I had to take it out of my pants. It was so it. much is happening. Wow. <laughs> this is a dangerous show. Yeah, she, well, she lives on the edge. <laughs> I like to. Yes. It's a zoo in here, I tell you. <laughs> Anyway, it's um, $70 each or $75 for a walk-up. Dogs are free. Uh, they have you request a morning or afternoon flight when you sign up, and you'll get either um, an email or a phone call confirming your flight. And what you do, like the evening, the afternoon hours were 2 to 5, and you just show up anytime between 2 and 5, and they'll get you on as soon as possible. So you log in. Um, you check in. You sign your waiver, and they give you a little ticket, and... Ours didn't get our names filled out on them, but Turbo got his, and it says Turbo the Flying Dog, and it says Arf. So, um, you oh, know, cool. he, he was he was a lucky dog. Uh, I thought the experience in the airplane, first of all, I was just totally excited. I left work to go fly this thing, and I bragged to all the people on my way out, well, I'm just going to go fly in the trimotor. And, uh, you know, I was surprised how smooth it was, and I thought it would be a lot louder um, but according to other people who wrote it, they said it was very loud. Uh, and apparently back in their day, there would be one flight attendant on board and two crew. And this flight attendant, part of her job was to walk back and forth and hand out cotton for the passengers to put in their ears. Wow. And there weren't many passengers, usually only about eight. And uh, one cool thing about these trimotor rides, for the trimotor that doesn't require two pilots, you can pay extra and sit in the co-pilot seat. Wow. Which, yeah, I really wanted to do that, but ours was the um, the two-pilot one. And uh, so anyway, she would hand out these cottons for the passengers, and each passenger got a window seat. It was like one row on each side. Most were wicker chairs. And uh, that was what it was like flying in the tin goose. Uh, that's what they called it, the tin go goose, because it's covered in corrugated aluminum. It cruises about uh, 100 knots, and we flew only maybe 2,000 feet and went around the Frederick area, got to buzz downtown and waved to all my coworkers still sitting at their desk while <laughs> I got to ride a really cool airplane. It's actually uh, the oldest flying all-metal airliner in the world. 
It's also the largest flying aircraft of its age in the world. And uh, when I mentioned that there were there was a version with two pilots and one with one pilot, the two pilot is the 5AT and the one pilot is the 4AT. Now, apparently when the, the Ford trimotor was made by Henry Ford and his engineers, it all started with the 2AT. And uh, the AT stands for air transport. Um, that one didn't work out too well, so they went on to the 3AT. And the funny thing about the 3AT was that it was an absolute disaster. It did not fly well, and it looked very ugly. So mysteriously, when Ford found out about this plane just being horrible, the, um, the hangar containing the aircraft and every single drawings, plans, evidence of this airplane caught on fire. So there's uh, nothing anywhere about the, the 3AT. But to save the Ford company from any embarrassment, luckily the 4AT became an immediate success and uh, Pan Am Airways was one of the first to purchase and start using it for their airlines. So uh, has anyone else been able to uh, fly a cool piece of history like this? Not, not like that. Wow, that's, no? that's really cool. That's I, awesome. I, I need to... I need to look into that, especially, I mean, I know I don't want to necessarily pay more <laughs> to sit in the, in the right seat, but that would be pretty cool. Well, the fact that there's only 12 of these still flying. Yeah. And I, I think mean, they're, they're like touring now. I think airlines first started. It's yeah. just, I, I didn't care how much it was. I was like, here's my yeah. credit card, and, two tickets, please. <laughs> and I think I saw something about, you know, stuff coming in New England. So I think they're, they're pretty aggressively touring and letting people know about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, I, but the topic made me want to, I'm going to look that up because I remember seeing something and, you know, knowing that it's available, you know, like at Oshkosh, right? There, there's, you can take rides, right? Yep. It's yeah. at Oshkosh. Um, they have that going all day long. We right. went to do it uh, two years ago, but the, that was the year of the uh, microburst. Uh, the microburst yeah. happened on our way, like to go fly yeah. the trimotor. It was a surprise it, from Bob, but needless yeah, to say. If you want to. If you want to ride in that, I just know that the Air Adventure Museum has a whole thing about it, how you can get rides and, and its tour there. So if you want to check it out, it's right on there. It gets the rates and everything for it. I think the one in Lakeland has a Ford Trimotor too. Yeah, I think um, – I thought that was the one that came by for, for the the Air Adventure one. Oh, maybe it's the same yeah, one. Yeah, I think it, it was on tour. Pretty sure. But uh, yeah, we'll have to look that up and find on there. So we'll do that one. Victoria, you, you know said. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you. You said it was smooth. You know anything else about it, like takeoff? You know, landing. Takeoff felt smooth. Landing, you feel a little bit of like a pulsing. I think uh -huh. it just kind of like you can feel the rolling of the wheels. But right. I guess it being so old, I was expecting something clunkier feeling. Sure. sure. I don't know, or maybe like I'm just crickety. used to it. Yeah, it didn't feel like that at right. all. Oh, the, um, the only thing was you had to like duck walking in and right open windows. Open windows? Um, the, the windows weren't open, but they had oh. like a little circle that pops open. So we had fresh air coming oh, out. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's really nice. Oh. Oh. Air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to go up front and look in the cockpit? No. Um, we didn't have the chance to. By the time we were done like taking pictures and talking, all the EAA guys we know were handling the ground operations. So we were being too social and ran into some friends from AOPA who were filming. So we were like the last on the plane in the back. But um, Turbo and I might be on some AOPA video coming out soon. 
Yeah, I'm curious what what is it like the seats? You know, since you know I you know Len and I both work for the airliners. It's yeah. How would you compare it to like a airliner seat today? Uh, I think it was roomier. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's nice. Everyone has a window seat. That was awesome. I mean, I didn't feel that tight. Um, the ones we were in weren't wicker like most were, so I think they were retrofitted later on with something else. It wasn't uncomfortable. Uh, they don't recline or anything like that though. So, you know, our flight was 12 minutes. I don't know what it would be like after an hour. Hmm. I'm kind of envisioning this like retro look inside the the cabin. Was it was it like that or I'm thinking um, Pan Am days or Yeah, I mean, it was retro in the way that it was old. Um very <laughs> like metallic feeling. Like cuz everything was like aluminum and it was I think everything the seats were blue. I, I mean, they haven't dolled it up in sort of a luxury way, right? It's it's pretty Spartan. But yeah, no, it's it's not luxurious. Right. No. Not like those, those drawings you see of really dressed yeah. up people. No, in, there weren't in, curtains right, and exactly. leather seats. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, there weren't curtains. I thought, yeah, I was thinking about like those old airliners, you know, you saw everything, they draw the curtains and they'd be running yeah, down. Yeah, no, it's I mean, they might have taken that out. Um, another popular thing they were used for was cargo. Which was huh. interesting too. But one of their, um, when I was doing some research, one of their routes that was really popular was from Florida to Cuba. Hmm. That was one that they did quite often. So that's something you don't see anymore. No. So I wonder, you know, <laughs> it's cool. Getting back to this whole flight, you mentioned something about single pilot and two pilots. Yeah. And, and just in my mind, I'm trying to think, how could that be? And, and, um, I guess the type rating that you get, it's single yes, pilot? Yes, there's, there's a type rating for the uh, trimotor. I actually looked that up, yeah. or there used to be. For some of them, there's a there's a type rating required, so I guess maybe it's the single pilot one. But the there's two mo the two models, it must be the 4AT. Um, no, the one we rode. Which one was bigger, Bob? Um, 5AT, 12,500 pounds. Yeah, it was 12,500 pounds what? More? More than 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that it was over 12,500 pounds. That's why it required. Yeah, interesting. Type rating, so. Interesting. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm surprised that FAA didn't make them get type rating and, and even the, the lighter one like they do a lot of the older airplanes. Yeah, I'm wondering but, uh, if it was just like an historic thing. Like they didn't have rules like that back then. Well, maybe it's a testament to how well it flies. That's it, it must it must fly like really well well and uh you know it's interesting on this on this plane it has three motors, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that was one of the big selling points at the time was the fact that it had all these motors to make people feel comfortable and also the fact that it's a car manufacturer and everybody's been, been in cars that's actually building these. It's, it has Ford on, stuck on the side. So yeah. I guess if, if in the day I'm just thinking uh, if, if I saw that, I'd probably feel a lot more comfortable you know, flying that than, a, than another airplane that looks similar like the Junkers or something like that. You know, the, yeah. And the, um, the airport where they used to fly those, um, testing them at um, Henry Ford is – now uh, a Ford test track, actually. The Ford airport is no longer there in Dearborn, but the, it's a test track now. So there's a lot of history. If you go to the Henry Ford Museum, you can see one. You can learn all about how they started, and it's really cool. That's some neat stuff. I did. I'm just trying to, uh, and I don't know much about the trimotor. I'm, not, I'm really fascinated now that you've, you've done this. And I'm trying. Is the have it doesn't have retractable gear? I don't think, right? No, no. It has um, like steering wheels, like a car. You know, they're the oh, circle neat. ones. They're not like your normal yoke or anything like that, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. I was just looking up on the – I just saw this picture. It's kind of cool that the wing, it's got this really thick wing. 
uh, yeah. on the top there. That, yeah. That's pretty awesome. But it Bottles doesn't look... a lot look, of gas. Yeah. I'm sure. But it's, it doesn't look as aerodynamic as you would think. You know, there's a lot of stuff sticking in the wind there. You know, so I guess that, that wasn't a big concern at the time, you know, is, is, uh, is how aerodynamic this aircraft was. But Oh, you know but, what was funny that we noticed? Um, the flight controls, like the, uh, the cables and stuff, uh-huh. were on the outside of the plane. Really? Hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Huh. So you see this, like, big, like, thick wire coming out of the plane and, like, right near the prop. <laughs> wow. I was like, if that prop just moved over... <laughs> Three inches. Because the bird strike problems. a whole new meaning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is really cool, though, man. I, I, I definitely want to look in this. And and, uh, and anybody that wants to, I, I looked that up. It's airventuremuseum.org slash Ford Trimotor. And, yeah. uh, and that, fly, that's... flytheford.org is the one we did. Fly the Ford, okay. Yeah, so right now they have the um, EAA one, which is probably that link you um, just mentioned yeah. the EAA ones going around, and then the Kalamazoo Air Zoo is ones going around. The EAA one is the four AT, and the Air Zoo one is the five AT. So they're the both models are flying around right now. Way cool. I was just looking at the uh, the five AT. It had uh, three Pratt and Whitney R thirteen forty engines, four hundred and twenty horsepower each. No wonder it's a gas guzzler. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. 77 foot wingspan. I've seen, you know what? I've never even, I've never been in one of those. I've got, see, now I've got to add this to my list because I've never been in a helicopter and I've never been in an antique airplane in any way, shape, or form. So I got to, I'm putting these things on my bucket list right now. Totally worth it. I know 70 bucks is quite a bit for a 12 minute ride, but when you think about, I, I guess I just became a history geek. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this is old. Like, this is what an airline was way back then. Like, mm-hmm. this is when they dressed up to go flying. This is when pilots were heroes. So, yeah, it's very exciting. And I'm not your hero up. now. Yeah, what, what, what's yeah, this? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not anymore. Oh, gosh. Oh. I'm moving to Mexico. At least they respect me down there. <laughs> <laughs> Carl knows what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Uh, but yeah, actually, these flew all over Mexico. I mean, I was, I was looking at some of the history behind this. this is yeah, pretty cool. Like you said, Cuba, Caribbean. I mean, everywhere. And, uh, it must have it must have had a pretty good dispatch reliability here. It, it ran pretty well. Or oh, then again, you got three engines. Heck, you throw one away and keep on going. You got two extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one's taken dis- off would be kind of tough. One's disposable. So I, I bet you didn't have to turn off your your electronic devices during this. Take off no, I was shooting video on my cell phone. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they didn't. So awesome. there's a video on my blog and some pictures and stuff you can check out. Um, the video is shaky, so if anyone wants to donate a GoPro, feel free to. To your favorite stuck mic <laughs> host here. Well, there it is. Nice plug right there. Yeah. <laughs> Send me free stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. The Ford Trimotor. Um, well, that thing's awesome. I tell you, you know, talking about flying history, you know, I, I, I got involved with the commemorative air force and I never actually got to go flying in, in the, the historic aircraft that they have. Uh, you know, I got to sit in them and play with them and yeah, stuff what, like that. Which one was amazing. that? 
Uh, actually, I've been involved in two B25s. Um, right, because you were... One of them's called Briefing Time, mm-hmm. and that one's in Reading, Pennsylvania. And the other one that I was recently involved with is, or am involved with, I should say, is in Georgetown, Texas. And actually, the Ford Tri-Motor will be there in, in November. Uh, over at Georgetown, I think they're having a. No, I'm not sure if that's the air show time, but anyway, the the um, the one out there is called the Devil Dog, and it's a a, P, a PBJ model. It's a, a patrol bomber mm-hmm. J model uh, B25. The one that has the the 450 caliber guns right on the nose, and uh, it, what's really neat, just in general, with people that that restore these tri-motors and they keep the tri-motors flying and the people that do the the b-25s and the people that are into the different aircraft they absolutely love their airplanes and the pilots that get to fly them i think have one of the coolest jobs out there yeah it's like doing intro flights and introducing somebody to flying every time you go up and you're flying a lot of times with pilots like victoria you know, she she's flown before, and I'm sure you know they could see the excitement on her face when they came in and saw this piece of history. And and I'm glad you pointed that out because that's it truly is a a piece of history. And these people are you know it's a privilege to be able to fly these things. It, it is. It really is. I hope they are stay around for as long as possible. I mean, they're old, but they're it was a great. I think it's a great, reliable, awesome plane. So definitely support support them when they come by. Because you know, it's you paying for it is helps keep it running. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. matter of fact, if I bet you could donate to this, if even if you you can't get a chance to go fly, I'm sure, sure they have. A, yeah, well, and uh, hopefully, Lem will find a link to that so people can maybe donate because it's a it's a just a great looking bird. I'm start, I'm just looking at all these pictures right now. Like, now you got me all excited, Victoria. I'm gonna go fly this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I saw that uh, it's coming to Kissimmee, so if you're uh, still in Florida. That's in November. November. So that's the Florida one. Um, Savannah, Georgia, Georgetown, Texas, St. Simmons Island, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina, Waco, Texas, Monroe, North Carolina, Fort Worth, Texas, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Awesome. Those are the next few. And what was that link one more time? Flytheford.org. Okay. Oh, actually, it's the same as the Air Venture Museum link, too. So uh-huh. it, it transfers yeah. you over mm-hmm. to the Air Zoo. That it does. So they partnered there. Okay. And speaking of the commemorative Air Force, Carl, weren't you hoping at one point to have done some training in, was it the B-25? Uh, yeah, actually, I got all my books and everything like that and uh, was not uh, able to, to go to training because I wound up going and getting in my Airbus rating instead. Right. <laughs> And that wound up costing me a ton of money. Uh, not that it, uh, and, and it kind of set me back quite a bit, you know, money-wise. So I, um, <laughs> I didn't actually have to pay for it, but I, uh, I did it in my salary because I had, a, I started right. at a different airline. Yeah. And uh, I'm waiting till next year because I get a significant raise next year. That's it, it, it's honestly it's a cost issue uh, because when you do, you know, do stuff with the commemorative Air Force, you know, they ask you for a donation and. And it's a substantial amount for you know a first year FO, <laughs> so so next year I definitely gonna do that. But the neat thing is I'd still, I I I involved in in a sense that I'm I'm supporting them, and uh, and involved with with helping restore as much as I can. That's about it. But uh, th- that's that's what I've done before. I mean I've hung around these old airplanes, and the coolest thing is listening to people that have actually worked on the airplanes, like, like the tri motor. There's probably not too many people who've worked on that still no, around. No. But uh, I still, still have my books, and I'm I'm ready to get out there. As a matter of fact, logistically, um, 
I may wind up. Uh, I have a friend here in Florida that actually I made during uh, one of the air shows, and he talked to me again about helping out and flying that thing. It's I didn't realize it's the loudest airplane out there, and the and the and the bombers and the Air Force, you know, because the engines are right next to you. But it, it it's cool. I mean, I, I think that's the most appealing thing. You're, you're actually flying a piece of history. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, the the only thing I really flew historic was a Champ, and you know that's. Uh, this is different, you know. This is something that kind of it served in in the war and mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And uh, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of stories out there about the old, you know, the old tri motors and stuff. But uh, it really, I, I think commemorative Air Force is a wonderful thing. I, I think all these Air Venture, you know, I, I really give them a lot of credit because, you know, being involved in a in a, one of the squadrons, one of the things that you don't realize is. You know, so you have a cylinder that's leaking, or you know, there's there's a problem with one of the hydraulics, and you're trying to troubleshoot the hydraulics. Well, that costs time. It also costs money. You know, they're all volunteers that work on these, but it it really does you know cost quite a bit to keep these things flying. And and there's <laughs> there can be some pretty darn big uh, costs involved, like uh, an engine. Say an engine, you blow an engine, boy. You know, any seventy five thousand, a hundred thousand, hundred twenty five thousand. I think. FIFU was what 150, 175 thousand or something like that, or 125 to fix that engine. That's it's it's, it's a lot of cash. So it's uh, it's pretty pretty exciting stuff though. But I think uh, I think eventually the these aircraft will will might, might will, will continue to fly, and eventually more and more people will take them under their wings. It seems like there's a lot of money out there for restoration because people are really interested now in history and, and keeping these flying. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I and if anybody wants to donate, of course, that's commemorativeairforce.org. It's it's a wonderful organization out there in Texas. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. But they they uh, they do just you know they do all sorts of airplanes. But people are flying. It, it's interesting to hear the stories like I, I do at, at EAA at the and also at uh, at Southern Fun the, the stories of people on how they got their aircraft. Mm-hmm. I mean, just amazing how like this one B twenty five. The guy just. You know, saw it in the field. He was an airline pilot, and he figured out the coordinates and said, "Hey, you know, what are you doing with that that airplane?" And the guy just it was a farmer, took it and put it in the field and let kids play on it. He's like, "Hey, I want to buy it for me." He got it for like a few thousand dollars. Wow! So isn't that amazing? So maybe I could find a trimoda. It's like a few thousand just, bucks, just hiding somewhere, <laughs> somewhere under, under a rock. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep dreaming. I'll go la, search la, la. my woods for you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Look, a Ford trimoda, awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, Paul Carl. <laughs> when when was this? It, yeah, it was uh, the beginning of September. I was just hanging out um, on the front porch having breakfast, and I heard um, I heard the distinct sound of uh, radial engines humming in the background and I stood up and I, uh, you know, I was listening to the sound as it got closer and closer and closer and this B-17 just, you know, flew by probably 1,000, 2,000 AGL. Um, and I, I guess it was out here recently doing rides out in Illinois. That's another cool airplane. But to to see that one just kind of passing through the backyard just randomly on, you know, one, one Saturday morning was pretty neat. I just love those radial engines. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Reminds me a lot of watching. Have you guys ever seen Air America? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a fun movie. I love watching that movie and the old airplanes in that one. But, uh, well, very cool. Um, <laughs> thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Are you are you laughing at the, uh, the rubber dog poop? <laughs> what? <laughs> there we wow. go. Got it. I knew yeah. it Back to poop again. <laughs> yes, sort of. Too bad we didn't... Uh, 
you know, podcast record what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's that's a good thing that we didn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's a it's a famous quote from Air America, but I'm sure. I'm sure those who are aware of what I'm talking about know about it. But, um, yeah, very cool. I'm glad you got a chance to do that. That's a neat experience. And that dog of yours is definitely living the high life. Let's let's be honest. He does. Many, He's up to, like, 280 likes on Facebook. Can you believe it? Wow. <laughs> I can, yeah. Pets are exciting. Those puppy dog eyes. Flying puppy. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, How many from, planes in his logbook so far? Yeah. You know, we have to get him a dog book. Yeah? Yeah, we'll have to start filling book. it out and see how many hours he's logged. Hmm. Is there such a thing as a dog book? That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I just know my friend got um, a friend of ours dog a log book, and she took him for his first flight, and she called it a, a young beagle flight. <laughs> 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 so we'll have to get him one. That's hilarious. It'll be cute. I'm just looking at you, a picture of you with the dog, and there's the airplane in the background, and the dog looks awful happy. <laughs> Who's the happiest there? That's Please. a good. That's a good picture. <laughs> that's cool. I'm googling dog log books right now to see if they make them. They probably do. Um, yes, Potterpuff Pilot dog log book. Yeah, that's right. Because we we talked oh. about that website a long time ago. I think, I think we did, flying with actually. pets episode. 22 pages of flight entries and one page for notable endorsements. Hmm. All right, we're going to have to buy it. There it is. Bob, where's your credit card? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Spending money. Yeah. Uh, Well, from antique airplanes to broken airplanes, it's kind of a fun and fortunate story for this one particular pilot. This just happened recently. Um, out in Chicago, and uh, I just saw this come come you know just come through the news feed the other day. Um, a gentleman out on a Sunday cruise uh, down um, down the lake, down doing a little sightseeing in the Chicago skyline, ends up landing his airplane on Lakeshore Drive. So it's an interesting story because. Uh, the article that I'll reference here in the show notes uh, references uh, or talks about, you know, training, flight training, what we're used to doing and emergency landings and engine failures and the likes. Now, this particular incident uh, wasn't actually an engine issue or an engine malfunction, but the pilot stated in the article that he was flying, uh, it's, it's a Coyote 2 uh, which is a two-seater aircraft. It was about 2,000 feet over downtown Chicago when an external part of the tail broke loose, and this caused what he stated to be uh, the aircraft shaking violently. Um, he radioed Mayday and decided that it wasn't going to be possible with this terrible vibration to make it to either Chicago O'Hare or down to Chicago's Midway Airport. So he says he looks down, and there's Lakeshore Drive. So, <laughs> be it that it wasn't an engine issue, he was able to time the landing appropriately enough that it coincided with a red light on Lakeshore Drive. Mm. And so the traffic was stopped, and he landed and rolled out <laughs> on the road. Which, you wow. know, so it's an interesting story because I know Carl and I have talked about uh, 
engine failures and engine malfunctions, but I've never had, I guess, a forced landing or an off-airport landing, and I'm not actually sure that any of my co-hosts uh, have either, but no. uh, anybody on the sh- uh, anybody else had a, or anybody had an, a forced landing of any nature? I'm not saying anything until I get to knock on wood. <laughs> Better find some. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah I'll I've always on, uh, made no, an airport so far. I'm always prepared for one. Right, there, always prepared. Answer. Yeah. I have a, a buddy of mine here in town. Actually, he he had to land at an intersection here. He's a banner tow pilot, mm-hmm. and uh, it actually wasn't going to be an accident until when he was landing. All the cars stopped except this one guy decided he wanted to go through the intersection and try to get around the airplane, and he bam, he hit the the, the spar on the aircraft really? and broke it. Yeah, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It wouldn't have been an accident if this bozo didn't, you know, pull out and try to get around him because he had to go shopping. And, and hmm. uh, you know, it was right over a, like a Walgreens. He came right over the Walgreens in this big intersection. And the, and this silly guy decides to, to go around him, you know, impatient. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not like every day a plane just kind of lands in the middle right. of the intersection, right. you know. Right. And so it's like, come on, guys, be a little patient. This plane's just landing here and he's going <laughs> to get out of the way. You, know? you think that would be... Uh, One of those things on your list well, of things you know, not to do. It'll be, it'll be like the obvious moment to just stop and do a little rubbernecking right there and see what's going on. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I've you know I've never had I've never thankfully as well just like Victoria knock on wood rug and whatever else uh, right. had to do a forced landing of this nature and and unfortunately for this gentleman like we like I mentioned in the article it wasn't uh, it wasn't engine trouble but it was an aerodynamic issue with uh, with one of the flight surfaces um, and I'd be curious to hear from you, the listener, if you've ever had, uh, whether it's an emergency landing or a forced landing of any nature, if you'd be comfortable or willing to share that with us, um, you know, you could send us an email uh, or contact us through the website. I'd be really interested in hearing about that, uh, hearing about your experience there. Um, So yeah, it's uh, one of those things you hear about that's just like, wait, wait, wait a minute, an airplane landed where? Because Lakeshore Drive and Rick can tell you about this it's a pretty major thoroughfare through chicago yeah it's all it's almost like a highway i mean it's fast it's high speeds um and it can get very congested i don't know what time of day this was um but interesting and, and well done time you know timing the light there's also not that many lights so there aren't that many places where you get that opportunity yeah i don't think you know unless you're out in the uh, midwest where every mile there's a north south east west runway Right. <laughs> and no traffic lights. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, no, I mean, well done for him to have taken the, you know, been able to do what he did in yeah. terms of timing and everything. Yeah. I can't help but thinking this could have been a lot worse. It I sure mean, could have. came loose on the, on the airplane. Boy, um, imagine, you know, when things go bing and it's like, uh-oh, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And you guys, I mean, what's, who are you talking to if you're doing the Lakeshore Drive, Lakeshore you know, city route there in Chicago. Yeah. Because uh, it's a pretty major, you, I mean, that's not, I mean, I don't know who you get cleared, but you know what I mean? You're talking to some major people. So suddenly, you know, oh, by the way, I have a problem. Right. You're not out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm I'm not entirely sure because I haven't had a chance to look at a VFR sectional right. to see even what the airspace is. So it is, I would... Uh, 
mean, O'Hare is pretty far back. They but, are pretty far back, so I would I would allege that some part of the lakeshore you may even not even necessarily you, skirt it. you might yeah. be able to skirt it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, we dipped down. I should call that. We up. probably crossed the shoreline on the instrument approaches about four or five thousand MSL. Um, so yeah, that'd be a good question, or a good item to actually look up and see. Yeah. Uh, see, but chances are. Uh, he said he called out, I mean, the article says he radioed out a May day, but it doesn't, uh, you know, it's just a, a news article. So there's not real technical in regards with aviation uh, terminology and and the likes. But um, I'm just skirting through and see what else is well, in I guess you didn't have to worry about search and rescue. I mean, there's no, lots of yeah. people that are going to see you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's, uh, yeah. Okay, so I was you- just... Browsing over the article to see if I missed anything, but very uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, so I'll have a, a link to this in the show notes, but what were you going to say, Carl? I was going to say, if you just have a transponder on, you throw a 7700, that's going to get someone's attention. And they usually send somebody out to find you. That it will. Yeah, so that that's also a big help. That it will. Yes, I'm looking at the photo of it here, parked on the grass, uh, pulled off the side of the road. It's <laughs> interesting, the Chicago skyline in the background, so... But bravo uh, yeah. to the gentleman who had a safe and rather uneventful landing on Lakeshore Road. You know, it's kind of funny. I don't know if I want to, you know, dream of landing on a road, uh, not not by accident, but more intentionally. Um, I used to think that we were out, I was doing some flight training out in the Midwest. I'd be like, look at all these roads. I mean, you could just, I could just fly to, you know, fly out to my buddy's farm and land on the road in the front yard and taxi the Cessna into the, into uh, the front yard and tie it down and spend the weekend there. Um, so it's, it's not something that you get to do all the time, but it's definitely a unique story. Has Pretty anybody cool. landed on a road on purpose? Come on guys. Nope. I've landed at a winery. <laughs> Which one? Linganor. Oh, yes. I didn't know they had one over there, actually. A winery? Yeah. They have, like, festivals and all kinds of stuff all the time. Yeah, well, I haven't been there for a while, so. I've heard of people landing on the beach. Oh, the uh, Raja guy. <laughs> Raja. I think we're going to land on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we've commented on that previously, and we'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes, Rick had some interesting commentary on that, if I recall. But I, I did. I, I, yes, I don't remember. Yeah, okay. I kind of do. Uh, but, I'm sure I did. Yeah, I just I can't remember. It's, it's all hazy. It's all hazy. It's one of those <laughs> hazy daisies. Let's let's move on to the picks of the week. We've got some cool things today. Uh, start with Rick. Tell us about your pick of the week. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, it, it's an app that's been around a while, iOS, but I, I mean, again, I didn't do enough homework. I don't know if it's uh, Android as well, but these days everything is, so I'm not I'm not too worried about that. It's called Storm Raiders. It's basically a great World War II. Um, Flying game, you know, shoot them up, uh, various things, uh, different different theaters of war. It's visually amazing, um, and it's uh, and it also there's a tutorial for it that takes a long time to get through because the 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 controls can be as complicated as you want them to be, um, and there's some just cool visuals. There's zeppelins and that you're that you're flying around, and it's really very it's wonderfully done. It also is a real time 
know, multiplayer thing. So you can, you can connect with other people running the game and, uh, shoot down some bad guys or get shot down. But, um, anyway, it's pretty cool. Storm Raiders is what it's called. And it was, the reason I know about it is it was free for about a week in August. Mm. Um, and so I went, well, sure, <laughs> I'll try that. And uh, it's pretty cool. So looks, yeah, that's my recommendation. It looks like there's some variation, uh, of the name in the, yeah, it's, Google um, Play out in Google Play for Android, but I don't know if it's the same one. But I think it's been around, and there may be versions of it. It's by a company called Atypical Games, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, so yeah, check it out. It's you know, I, I it's a fun game. It's a fun flying game for sure. For for those time killing moments in your life, <laughs> and just if you, if you even get a chance to look at the screenshots, I think you'll enjoy how it looks. So yeah, cool. all right, very good. Um, Victoria, your pick of the week. My pick of the week, since I was talking about uh, the Ford Trimotor that I flew in, was from the Kalamazoo Air Zoo. I figured I'd give the Air Zoo another shout-out. I uh, have been there uh, when I was living in Michigan. I actually drove, but you can fly and uh, just taxi up to the ramp there and walk on in. There's over 50 exhibits. I remember one of my favorites was... um, they actually have like a lot of simulators, and I think it was an F-16 simulator, some awesome military aircraft I would always love to fly. And um, my mom and I went in there, and I kept making it do rolls, and we actually – you do go upside down, and uh, she flipped out at that, but I thought it was amazing. <laughs> so there's a lot of art and murals. Um, they say there's over 50 exhibits going from the beginning of space travel, um, the beginning of aviation, and onward. Uh, just a really neat place to check out. Um, I went with the whole family. We packed into a van and uh, spent the day there. So if you're in the area, that's another really cool uh, aviation museum to check out. All right. And I've got uh, one that's a little bit more travel-related uh, versus you know, personal flying and the likes. But this is an article over at lifehack.org called 23 Awesome Travel Hacks That Add Fun to Your Trip. Uh, you know, so for, for the, the times where you can't fly your personal airplane or if you're going long distance or overseas or something, it's got some interesting little tips here, some of which uh, I've been using for a while as a airline pilot to make my traveling and life simpler. Um, stuff like rolling your clothes to pack your bag, scanning your passport as a backup, um, bringing your own water bottle to save on money. Talks about fanny packs. Uh, Carl, I, I don't ever want to see you wear that fanny pack again, please. <laughs> uh, the pink one you're talking about? Yeah, that one? Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's not go there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and some other little, little uh, travel tidbits here that, like I said, uh, some of them wouldn't be the most useful if you're, you know, flying or renting an airplane. Um, some would, some wouldn't, but uh, it's still a neat little thing that I had sort of stumbled across in my travels over the last week. So uh, I'll include that in the show notes. It is uh, once again the 23 awesome travel hacks that add fun to you know it says fun to your trip, but I don't know if really rolling my clothes adds fun to my trip. But uh, nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, I think we have left listen for or hear from regarding pick of the week is Carl. Well, my pick of the week actually is uh, it's it involves the audience and it involves our listeners. And and it, it really, you know, you really have an incredible impact on the show. And and we appreciate everything that you do and, and uh, you know, all the donations you've made and all. And, 
And, you know, at Stuck Mike Avcast, we've been thinking about the possibilities of uh, maybe getting a, an aircraft for us, but we, we can't decide between the colors of, of, you know, red, yellow, and blue. And, and the aircraft we're looking at is at hondajet.honda.com. Uh, and, and, boy, I tell you, that's, that thing is just so cool. I mean, it's just a wonderful place. So if I, I think, you know, Len, what do you think? The blue one? Do you think that would be cool? I do like the blue one. Yeah, I think I'm, it's pretty I'm, sharp. I'm leaning towards blue. Uh, I'm not sure about Victoria. Um, either the red or the blue. What do you think? Uh, I'm, blue. I'm kind of to match blue. my eyes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And <laughs> and and Rick, how about you? Do you think uh, once? Yeah. Yeah. My blue? my eyes are blue as well. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, the color. <laughs> yes. Actually, uh, blue would be my choice as well. Well, you know, and and it's funny because uh, you know we re, uh, we looked at doing the Virgin Galactic thing, and that might be a little bit tough at yeah. this point. So we're gonna we're gonna bring our sights down just a little bit. And maybe go for the Honda Jet. I know Len and I had talked a little bit about that, but 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 in all seriousness, these folks at Honda Jet, gosh, they are incredible. The the new designs they have, the 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 pictures that they have out on the website. If if you want to know something about Honda Jet, it's the place to go because they they really reveal a lot and uh, they tell you you know why why they chose certain things and they've you know they keep a few things secret of course, but it's kind of cool because they have, they have like a, this composite carbon fiber fuselage mm-hmm. and they they talk about all those neat things about actually flying the plane and and the you know gosh Len I think you look good in that cockpit I mean if you look at those the the instrument panel there yeah. and you know and and you know Rick I know you're an old school kind of guy but I think you'd yeah. probably enjoy flying this. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty certain I would not turn it down. Mm. And, and I was thinking, you know, we always talk about, gosh, we never can get together. And my idea of going over to, you know, Saudi Arabia to have our first meeting probably isn't really practical. This is a lot more practical than doing that, yes. and because you know it keeps us closer. And uh, mm-hmm. it's only in Greensboro that we can go get that aircraft. Yeah. And nice. speaking of which, and I uh, won't mention won't mention the name if if the information is not public, but there is a previous guest of ours who actually uh, does flight testing yes. in the Honda Jets. And uh, I hope that one day I might actually be on an overnight long enough in Greensboro to get a tour, crawl around inside a jet, or maybe take the take the, uh, the controls. So that would be a cool experience. But, yeah, I'm looking at the photo right now of the uh, flight deck. I guess I hadn't actually looked at the interior um, recently, but it is a pretty sharp-looking flight deck. Well, and the cool thing about the website, the really the thing that that gets me, I like the aesthetics of the of the mm-hmm. website. I think it's really cool, and the the photography is awesome. I know Victoria, you know Bob would probably appreciate a lot of this photography. I think they did a great job uh, on this site, and they give you the ability to download certain things in contact sales. Uh, I think the other cool thing about Honda and Honda Jet is the fact that they they really do uh, reach out to the community also, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and they uh, they want people to understand their aircraft, but they also want people to understand you know about how to move forward in life and 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 how to move forward in your career and 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 just in your personal life too. It's it's a real it's an inspiring company. And the first flight video, check that out on uh, hondajet.honda.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, leave us your comments. What do you think? Red, yellow, uh, blue? You know, I can't decide. Uh, what do you think would look good with the stuck mic logo on the side? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right there. Nice, beautiful wrap on that Honda jet. Speaking <laughs> of uh, the aesthetics, I still am really not sure the value of the wing-mounted engine. I'm still trying to understand that. Uh, yeah, there, it hasn't worked in the past. That doesn't mean it can't work now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, there's new materials. I mean, there, there's a lot of weight involved there, et cetera, but... Uh, you know, you're a little airplane close to the ground, hanging hanging those engines off the bottom 
I think would have been a big issue for them. I'm yeah. sure that they looked at that. And uh, and then, of course, you put them on the tail, and you're talking a lot more weight. And I know that was part of their, their decision also. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I'm not totally sure. But if you if – because you, just think about all the, the connectors and everything for, for having it over there in the tail. They'd have to beef up the tail and everything. Yeah, I mean it's, un- it's unique. It's a different design, and I'm, I'm – I'm curious to learn more about There's it. There's a obviously. lot of talk on the internet about it. That's oh, for sure. yeah. I'm sure there is. And, you know, I wonder what our, our listeners' experience has been with it and what they think about it. I think uh, I'd love to hear what, what they have to say. And, mm-hmm. and if they think, I think it looks cool. I mean, I, mean I, I, like, I think it's got some cool lines on it. Yeah. No, it's a sharp looking airplane. Definitely interesting uh, to look at it. You know, when you see it, it can only be one thing, and that is the Honda Jet. You can't, it's not. It's not uh, going to be confused with anything else. And and you know what's really cool about Honda Jet too is that I mean, how many CEOs have those really cool aviator glasses and wear them all the time? You know, <laughs> I think. And have you ever seen him, the CEO? He's always got those really cool aviator. No, glasses. I haven't. Yeah, yeah, and sunglasses or whatever, and he's it's pretty stylish. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm just trying yeah, I, to find him now. Is this? Uh, I, I I can never say his last name right. Masha Fujino. Fujino, I think yeah. that's how you say. It. Yeah. Boy, I but. totally butchered that, didn't I? But he's yeah, very, very disciplined group of people. That mm-hmm. is for sure. Very mm-hmm. disciplined group. And, and you know, Len and I both have had some interactions with the folks there at Haunted Jet. And mm-hmm. They've been very nice to me and they, um, they're they terrific folks. But they're, they're much, it's, a, it's an interesting culture there. It really is. It's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah. Well, fantastic. That, uh, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Of course, uh, you can visit stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash 58. That's 58 for the show notes on this episode. Do us a favor when you get there. Press that like button, that tweet button, that share button, and uh, spread, the, spread the love. Send the show to some friends, family members. Help us uh, get the word out for what we're doing here. Don't forget to leave us a comment on the blog as well. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode and thought it was informational, you can support the show by visiting our sponsors and affiliates listed on the website. Don't forget to send us your questions, comments, and show ideas. You can reach us, stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash contact. All of our information is there, email submission, uh, mailing address, telephone number, and all the individual contact information for each co-host. A special thank you to our sponsors, 4pilotsonly.com and aviationuniverse.us. From myself, Len Costa, Victoria Zyko, Rick Felty, Carvalary, and uh, Sean Moody from a distant phone booth in England... This is episode number 58 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, fly smart and fly safe. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Avcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Avcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast, a Len Costa production.